1: Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell.
0: Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host, Doug Bell, and today we're going to be talking about what buyers trust and what they don't. Joining us is Melissa Kwan, who's the co-founder and CEO at eWebinar, which is the leading webinar automation platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over again for things like sales demos, onboarding and training, by combining video with live chat and pre-programmed interaction. So far this week, Melissa and I talked about the B2B Buying connect, and today we're gonna wrap up our conversation by discussing how to do 300 demos a month on autopilot. Okay, here's my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the co-founder and CEO at eWebinar. Melissa, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me again. Well, it's good to have you. Again, very jealous about you being in Bali. I think we're going to switch places. You're going to be in Oakland next time, (laughs) dealing with torrential rainstorms and falling eucalyptus trees. And I will be in Bali half awake because it is 2.15 in the morning there for you. So I think really the interesting part of what we're talking about here is, you know, yesterday we, we talked about top of funnel efficiency. But at the end of the day, I think what we're trying to unpack is how do we get to the highest, and this is for marketing folks, marketing bottom of funnel tends to be that demo, right? It's the highest intent thing we can typically hand off to sales. What are some of the things that sort of bottlenecking organization towards that bottom of funnel motion? And specifically, you talked about a little bit, if I recall, you talked a bit about, you have some very specific rules about what you do or don't with demos. So let's start there. Really kind of how do you help folks with that efficiency issue as it comes to demos?
1: Yeah. So I think, you. I mean, you had, in your opener, you said a demo is like most bottom of funnel. Like I actually don't I fully agree with that. I actually think a demo is your highest, like top of funnel. Like the first thing I think about when I want to get to, you know, especially when I'm buying software is I want to see a demo. I don't want to get on a call. Like I might not even care about the pricing right now. Like I just want to see how this works. I want to know if it's beautiful. If it's, you know, especially if it's customer facing, is it beautiful? Is it professional? Can I use it? Does it align with my brand? Who else uses it? Like, I want to see how this works. I drew a comparison to like open houses yesterday, so it's kind of like that, right? I want to like poke my head in and see if this is good for me, and then like I might want to request for a call with a salesperson and see like what the pricing is or you know things like that. So. As we talk about efficiency, and if everybody that comes to your site wants a demo, how do you make that more efficient, right? Don't you wanna give everybody a demo? Like no matter where they are in their buying journey, whether they're day one or day 100, don't you just want them to see how this works? And And that gives them the opportunity to qualify themselves out, which is actually more important for your organization, than someone wanting to request for a call from your sales team. I want every single person that is never going to buy from my company to never come back again. Like, actually, that's my goal, right? That's my goal for giving somebody a demo. And I think a lot of people get stuck on, well, I don't want to give everyone a demo because my competitors are going to see what I offer. Or I don't want them to see what I offer before they tell me if they can afford it, right? But I think they're stuck on the idea that a demo has to be a demonstration of your entire product, which it does not have to be, right? A demo can actually be anything you want. A demo can simply be an overview of the problems that you help people solve, the main features that you have, and stories of how your customers benefit from your offering. And then your CTA could be sign up for a trial or book a call on our sales team calendar, right? So I think the one thing that's stopping people from optimizing their top of funnel demo process is they are stuck on the fact that if I give a demo, I have to show people every single feature, which really isn't true. So my biggest advice for people that are looking to optimize that is consider giving everybody that comes to your door, a demo that gives them enough information to take the next step, whatever that next step could be.
0: So avoid the show up and throw up. It's really in many ways, I think, what a lot of sellers lean into, which is the comprehensive demo. I also would say that to defend sellers, uh, because I agree quite a bit of what happens is, you know we really wanna hold that asset, if you will, close to us. And again, to defend sellers, because there's so much you learn in that interaction with that prospect through the demo process. You can do discovery. There's lots of reasons why there are people listening and going, "I, I can't do that, right? Because of these, kind of tried and true practices, but I think maybe we're we're not splitting hairs closely enough in the sense that really there is a qualification process or self-qualification process that surrounds your product and your services that you're recommending opening up as much as possible and really starting there and saying, look, I believe that quite a bit of what's happening is organizations are actually going to a demo first. In the past, they used to do a fair amount of research before they even bothered to talk to a salesperson. And they're sort of confirming that research. What you're saying is, you know what? Sort of consumers have changed, right? B2B consumers have changed because they're used to the B2C motion. And so what they're doing is they're starting at the top of the funnel with their demos. And I want to disqualify people without involving a seller. Do I have that right? Is that what I'm unpacking here from from what your experience is and what you're recommending to folks?
1: Yeah, and I like what you just said about like, B2B or people are buying more like B2C so they demand the information that they typically get you know as a as a consumer like for example if i sign up for netflix like they're not going to make me book a call with their salesperson to make sure that i'm going to convert at the end of my trial like that would just be crazy like that would be insane but you know like we we all know what netflix is we go there we can try a little bit and then we sign up for a trial we convert or we don't we see the pricing like on there So that's definitely what I'm saying is like, I think people just demand the information right away. Like they're just like, and when I say people, it's like me and you, right? Like you get like two seconds before somebody bounces and it goes to your competitor and see, well, what do they have? What do they have, right? Like when someone's coming to your site, they already have a list of people or companies that they want to go to next. So if yours is the one that makes them jump through hoops to get the most basic information, like I'm not asking you to show me everything you do. What I'm asking is just give me something basic so I can educate myself so I know whether you're going to be in the shortlist. And when you are, then I'm going to demand more information and reach out, right? And, and what I'm saying with the disconnect that we talked about yesterday is a lot of consumers, especially in B2B you know, software, B2B SaaS, is not even getting that basic information. So as a company, how can we change, right? How can we better align our sales and marketing strategy to what the consumer demands today, right? And if we were to give everybody that comes through a very basic demo, what would be included in that? So really change your mind around like, my demo needs to show everyone everything to, well, what does my demo have to show to get people to step two?
0: Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I, I think that reframing the idea that content and presenting that demo content to include maybe a wider array of content, customers that are happy, you know, a little bit more data, maybe than just showing the product, in other words, giving them a reason to either bounce or keep going. So I think into this, we really have to recognize, so I'm gonna make a nod out to my, my fellow marketers out there. We have to recognize a few things that are happening here. The first is I would agree completely with everything we've talked about today and yesterday, which is we're overgating content. I would agree that quite often we think about marketers that are bottom of funnel, bottom of funnel really, our handoff to sales ends with the demo completely agree that in many ways that's changed. A lot of organizations are expecting to see the product well before they do deeper investigation. So we have to meet those buyers where they are. But one of the challenges that are out there, I think for a lot of marketers is we're losing the cookie, right folks? Everyone's like, well, it's happening. It's coming up soon, guys, Chrome, right? And so what I would say is, and I'm gonna ask for you to weigh in a bit on this, but there's gotta be a balance here. The way that we deal with the lack of cookies is we've gotta gate more stuff. Yesterday, you talked a bit, Melissa, about where to gate and where not to gate. We're talking a lot about demos. And you talked about how top of funnel typically is the place where we're really driving a lot of inefficiency and we're gating way, way too much content. With this idea in mind that marketers are gonna feel compelled to really capture that first party data because they're losing cookies, are are there some do's and don'ts you would recommend in terms of, hey, if you have to gate stuff, what would you gate? And by the way, please absolutely don't gate. The following: What are areas you kind of recommend people leaning into?
1: I mean, I think I, I always go back to buying intent, right? Like, if the buying intent is high, then you, of course, you want that information. But <laughs> it takes forever right now to get someone's attention and then get them to come to your site. But if their buying intent is low, and you put, you know, let's you know, use example of white paper. If the buying intent is low what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm just going to bounce because I, I like my contact information, you know, being private. And I can probably go somewhere else in the internet to find the exact same report or a similar write, a white paper to download, right? So I go back to, like, if the buying intent is high, like, absolutely capture that person. So when I say, like, demos are top of funnel, I also maintain the position that the buying intent is still high, for someone who wants to see the product, but someone that wants to download your white paper, the buying intent is, is pretty low, but their learning and education intent is really high, right? That's where you want to, that's where you can get a lot of brand recognition and build credibility so that you can bring them back to you, right? And, you know, when somebody shares a white paper, your website's on it, Your are branding all your colors and your logos and all that stuff is on it, right? So... I think that's how I would make decision is like if you want, if, if the buying intent is high and you want to make sure that person is in your funnel, you want to follow up, like definitely gate it like a demo being one of them. But if the buying intent is low, but you want people to share that asset, then just open it up and, and see what happens.
0: I think it's a great tip. And I think we've unpacked a, a quite a bit here over time. I think that organizations are going to be hewing much more towards your view of the world. And I agree with it. So what I would recommend, folks, listen in. Melissa's right. It's not a topic we haven't covered before, right? Intent really should determine a lot of the framework for how you engage with buyers. not talking about data from Sixth Sense. I'm talking about common sense, ultimately. Melissa, I really enjoyed our conversations over the last couple of days. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Melissa Kwan, co-founder and CEO at eWebinar for joining us. If you would like to learn more about Melissa or contact her, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact her on Twitter, where her handle is MSSKWAN, or visit her company website at ewebinar.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to redgenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.